was designed to encourage you, bring you hope, show you God's love, and inspire you to live every moment with purpose. At this time, we're going right into the word of the Lord. He has dropped the word in my spirit that I truly believe is going to bless the house this morning. Truly, God has good. Thank you to all those who are visiting us for the first time. Thank you for those of you that are here once again. Amen. Thank you to our YouTube and Facebook family. Thank you for our Destiny Temple family, for those that are on our Zoom call. Thank you for truly what a blessing to you. And these services was designed by God to make a difference and an impact in your life. Turn with me to John chapter number 11. And we're going to read a couple of verses. We're going to bounce around the chapter a little bit um, so we can hit our points that God wants us to hit on this morning. We're going to start at verse 1. We're going to read John chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Then we're going to jump down to verses 25 and 26. Then we're going to jump to 43 and 44. I know it's a lot there, so I'll repeat it. John chapter number 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 3. Then we're going to skip down to 25 and 26. Then we're going to conclude our reading at 43 and 44. And it reads as thus. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. Jump down to verse number 25. And 26, and it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jump over to verses 43 and 44. Forty-three and forty-four, and now he had said these things. He cried with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" And when he had died, and and he who had died came bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said, "Loose him and let him go." Put your Bibles down. 
and let us talk to our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity we have to hear from you. Thank you for this opportunity we have to read your word. Now, Father, I ask that you illuminate your word to us on this morning. Bring it to life. I ask that you hide me behind the cross, that you do not allow them to see me, but allow them to see you. Don't allow me to speak itself on this morning, but allow me to speak what you have spoken into my spirit. I yield my heart, my mind, my spirit to you right now, my tongue, everything belongs to you. Take control of me right now. Touch the hearers that are going to hear your word. Bless it that their lives may be changed and it will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. For the next few moments, and I will try not to be long on this morning, but for the next few moments, I want to minister from the topic. I must die in order to live. I must die in order to live. This topic and the words, I must die in order to live, sounds like it is a contradiction. Because how can one die but yet live? How can one be dead but yet alive? This is the question that we're going to explore on today. Because many of us are living, or many of us is not living but just existing. And God is trying to get us from the point of existing to living. This is the problem is the fact that we have allowed ourselves to get in a mode of existing, but yet we want to live. How do we go from existing to living? How do we get out of the mode of existing and get back into living the way God intended us to be? How do we get from the mundane of routine to living how God intended for us to be? How do we go from living and letting things bother us to getting to a point where God is in control of everything? As we look at our text, it introduces us to a man named Lazarus. Lazarus is sick. This is the same Lazarus whose brother or whose sister is Mary. The Bible says that it's Mary and Martha. Mary is the one who poured oil on Jesus' feet and wiped it with her hair. It is her brother who is now sick. Jesus had a special relationship with them. He visited them often. He stayed in their house. And so now their brother is now dying. Their brother is now sick. And they send word to Jesus. 
that Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. So many times we, we, we get to the point where we cry out to God for help. We cry out because we are in desperate need of the Lord to touch us. We are in desperate need for him to show up in our lives. We are in desperate need because if he doesn't show up, it won't be done. But where the problem lies is further in the story. Because they said that Mary goes and calls for Jesus. And Jesus does not move. He says, my brother is sick. The one that you love. Yet, it did not phase Jesus. It did not force him or allow him to be moved. His response was, this sickness is not unto death. What a crazy answer that is for a friend and a one that you say you love is dying. That you will come and say, this sickness is not unto death. What he's saying is, is that what you're in will not kill you. What you're going through will not phase you if you don't allow it to. It said, but what you're in will be a glorified moment for God. <laughs> what he's saying is that if you go through this moment, not only will God be glorified, but you will be changed in the process. Amen. Not only will God be glorified in heaven, but it will show that God is still in control. See, so now she's crying out to him. And he received, he paid, he's, that's what he says unto her. He says, the sickness is not unto death, but to the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, even though she cried out to him, Jesus stayed where he was at for two more days. So it took her a day to get to Jesus. Tell Jesus what she wanted, and Jesus stood right there for two more days. Uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, how many times have we cried out to God and we didn't move in our situation? It seemed like our situation got worse than better. It seemed like God stood away from us for two days after we done prayed, we done cried out, we done fell on our face, we said, God, we need your help. He still did not answer her for two days. Two days went by. He stayed where he was at. Now, here comes the third day. He gets up and says, I'm going to Judah. <laughs> now, if you, if you did any research, you would understand that Judah is in the opposite direction of Bethany. Why would Jesus now, here I'm sick in Bethany. You stay where you was at for two days, and then you decide to go to Judah, the opposite direction. Why would you now leave me where I'm at, die on my sickbed, go the opposite direction, and I need your help? Uh, I have a problem with that because if I am your friend, wouldn't you think that I would come see about you? Wouldn't you think that I would come help you? But Jesus said, no, I am not going there right now. 
I'm going to Judah. God, 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 I'm like, why would you now go to Judah? Many of us have called on the Lord and found ourselves in the same situation. We found ourselves crying out to God. God does not answer us. But yet he seems like he's going the other way. Judah in this particular scripture is the place where Jesus is born. Judah is the place where Jesus performed numerous miracles. Yet people in the town didn't believe in him. Judah is the place where Jesus now wants to visit. Why? Because it has sentimental value to him. This is the place where he performed a feeding of 5,000. He healed a, a boy that was sick. He touched so many lives here in Judah, but yet people in Judah wanted to destroy him. People in Judah wanted to see him stoned to death. Why would you want to go back to a place that is trying to kill you? Why would Jesus, instead of coming to help me, go back to someplace else that was trying to destroy him? Jesus does things different from us. Jesus' ways are not our ways. Jesus does things that will confound the wise because he knows and understands what he's doing. Many times we get in situations that we don't understand why we have to go through what we go through. But at the end of the day, Jesus shows up on time. So now Jesus goes on a walk towards Judah. His disciples pulls him aside and says, Jesus, hold on a minute. Lazarus is sick in Bethany. Why are you going to Judah? Don't the Jews want to destroy you in Judah? He says, what he says is, is profound. Let me get it for you. He says, what he says, he says, if Judah is the place I need to be, because they're in a place of darkness, and they have to find the light. They need to find the light because in light, you can see where you're going, but in darkness, you'll stumble. In other words, what he's saying is that Judah needs help. Lazarus will be okay. But I need to get to Judah first. He decided now to finish going on to Judah. After he comes out of Judah, he heads down to Bethany. He, he, he now sends or starts walking to Bethany. The Bible says it was a two-mile journey. So now can you imagine walking towards Bethany? Can you imagine walking as he walks in a hot sun? Mary... No, sorry, Martha now sees Jesus or hears Jesus is coming and she runs to him before he hits the town and says, if you were here, Lazarus would not have died. How could you let your friend pass away? How could you let him die and you know he was sick? Jesus did not respond. I can only imagine that in between 
that when Lazarus said what Mary and Martha was going through, they probably tried everything to make him well. They probably spent money on trying to fix him. They probably spent money on physicians trying to figure out what was going on with him, but nothing got better. So now he, he dies. Martha comes and says, if you were here, God, he would have still been alive. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there are certain things in our life that must die. There's certain things in our life that God is trying to get out of us, that God wants to take out of us because all it's doing is allowing us to exist and not live. All it is doing is pulling us into a mode of existing and not thriving. All it is doing is keeping us bound in one place where we can't move, and God is trying to get us to a place of living and moving forward. God is trying to tell us today, there are certain things in your life that I must kill you. That I must kill out of you. Because if I don't get it out of you, you'll stay where you're stuck at. And God is trying to get us to move. So now here, he says to her, this sickness is not unto death. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? She says, I do. Jesus was talking about resurrecting him to life. She was talking about the afterlife. She was talking about, yes, I will see him again in the afterlife. Jesus was like, no, he's going to live today. See, 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 once God gets you in a place where he has the ability to kill the things in your life, he will show up and resurrect you. Uh, uh, see, because he wants to get you in a place where God is going to destroy the things that are keeping you bound. Destroy the things that are holding you back. Destroy the things that have kept you from moving forward. He wants to kill those things in you. He wants to kill the pride in you. He wants to kill those things that keep you from moving forward in him. He wants to kill a jealousy in you. He wants to kill a backbiting in you. He wants to kill you from talking about other people. God wants to kill those things in you. Why? They're stopping you from moving forward and they're keeping you in existing and not living. God has said to them, God says, tell the people today, let me kill those things in your life. This is why he didn't respond right away. This is why he didn't respond when they said he was sick for two days. This is why he had to let Lazarus die. Why? Because he was trying to get something out of Lazarus for moving and taking over him. So he had to let Lazarus die. This is why when we go through and sometimes God does not answer us. And I know we like to say God answers all prayers, but he doesn't. What's that bubble right now? He doesn't answer you. Why? Because he wants to kill certain things in your life. He wants to get something out of you that is keeping you from moving forward. He wants to kill it in you before it kills you. He wants to get it out of you. He wants to uproot it. He wants to pull it out and throw it away before it takes hold on you and prevents you from hearing who God is. So now he runs or he goes to Bethany. He goes where Lazarus is and he cries.
grave site. This was a, a moment where you see Jesus' humanity. This is a moment where his humanity comes out because he looks at Lazarus or the grave that Lazarus is in and his human side cries out. His human side says, this was my friend. His human side says, I feel a connection between him and I because he was my friend. But yet his spiritual side said, I needed to him to die. I needed for him to go through what he went through. I needed for him to be killed in this process because if he's killed in this process, everything that's in him that has kept him from hearing me is going to be buried. God is trying to bury some stuff in your life. God is saying, there's some things in your life that I need you to get rid of. There's some things in your life that I have to uproot and pull out of you that I'm coming to get but I have to let you die in the process. I have to kill it off in the process. Because if I let it take hold, if I let it take root, you will never hear me. So now, he stands over the grave. Tears in his eyes. Crying over his friend. Uh, 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 ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Father. When God is trying to kill stuff in your life, you're going to have to just sit there and cry. Why, why, why are you going to cry? Because you have an emotional attachment to what he's trying to take out of you. You have that emotional connection to what he's trying to get out of you. So your spirit, your, your, your emotional connection is saying, hold on to it. And the spirit is saying, let it go. You want to hold on to something that God is trying to get rid of. But God is saying, let it go if you want to live. You got to let it go if you want to survive. Hold on to it emotionally if you want to. But that's going to kill you. You got to let it go. So now he, he cries. But he knows he can't cry forever. He knows that that emotional attachment has to disappear. Because the spirit man now has to rise up. See, 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 many of us, God is trying to take you a place, but we want to hold on to old baggage. God is trying to take you to a different place in him, but many of us are holding on to stuff that does not need you to hold on to. He's saying, let it go. It's killing you, but I must kill it so I can live. See, see, by you holding on to your past, by you holding on to the emotional stuff, it's killing you slowly. God is saying, instead of it killing you slowly, let me kill it and get it out of you so you can live. See, I can't do what God wants me to do emotionally tied to my past. I can't do what God wants me to do if I'm emotionally tied to things that are holding me back. I can't do anything if I'm tied up emotionally with things that are not fruitful in my life. God has said, I need to kill it before it kills you. So God will allow you to go through it so it can be dead and buried and gone so we can move on to what God wants us to do. See, 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 God has placed us in a position 
Uh, yes, God. Placed us in a position that we are now dead. And what do I mean by dead? You're not physically dead, but you're spiritually dying. Your spirit is now in a place where it is sucking the, the, the energy out of your life. Where, where it is pulling on you and you're figuring out, am I ever going to get out of this? Am I ever going to see the, the daylight again? Am I ever going to stop struggling? Am I ever going to stop feeling the way I do? God is saying, the only way to get rid of it is to allow me to take it out of me. Allow me to uproot it. Allow me to cut it off. Allow me to deal with it so you can live. So now he stands at the grave and he yells for Lazarus to come forth. See, ladies and gentlemen, as you stand at the grave of your past, you got to let it go. As you stand at the grave of what is going on or what has happened in your life, you got to let it go. And God is calling you out, not the problem. God stands at the grave and he calls you by name. Father Parker, come forth. Lady Parker, come forth. Lady Vecina, come forth. Lady Sue, come forth. Lady Crystal, come forth. See, he called for the person, not the problem. He called for the person to come out because he resurrected the person, not the problem. See, many times we want to keep attached to the problem and the problem is killing us. God says, no, I'm cutting off the problem. I'm calling you to come forth because I call you out. The problem has to stay behind so you can move forward and you can don't worry about the past anymore. Now, here comes the situation. Because after God calls you, <laughs> you hear the voice of God. You obey the voice of God. You get up and you start walking out of the grave. Now, you're bound by grave clothes. Why is it that when God calls you out of something, the problem don't want to leave you alone? Why is it that when you come out of the situation and you start walking toward the promised land, that there's always something that's trying to attach himself to you? Why is it a problem that when I start moving forward and moving in the, in the presence of God, and the promises of God, and the blessings of God, my past wants to hold on to me? It holds on to me. It's grateful that it's still wrapped around me, but yet I'm moving forward. God looks at the problem. And he yells, lose him now. Uh -huh. God said, many of us will stop in the process after God has called you forward. God said, don't worry about if I called you. If I called you, keep moving. Don't worry about what's attached to you. I'll speak to that what is attached to you, and it has to lose you now. God said, don't worry about what's, what's holding on to you. If you keep moving forward in my promises, the clothes that you're wearing shall come off.
he spoke directly to Lazarus. Uh, he spoke twice. Thank you, Father. He spoke once to Lazarus. Lazarus started to move and came forth. He did have to speak again. The second time he spoke, he did not speak to Lazarus. Why? Because Lazarus was doing what God had called him to do. Lazarus was coming forth. He now turns his attention to what's holding you. He now turns his attention to what had you. He now turns his attention to what you're trying to come out of and is trying to attach himself and come out with you. Who's here? Uh, uh, many times when God is trying to deliver us, we want to bring everything with us. God said, no, 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 no. When I'm delivering you, you got to leave some stuff in the past. When I bring you out, everything can't go with you. When I bring you out, everything can't be attached to you. You can't bring old into what I'm bringing into new. So God now says, loose here. Let him go. You no longer have an attachment to him. You no longer have an attachment to her. You have to let her go. Loose here. Immediately, the grave clothes falls off. And Lazarus is now free to walk out of the grave. See, see, God has to kill some things in you. God has to kill a lot of things in our life that is attached to us. But when God calls your name, when God says, come forth, when God calls you out and you begin to walk out into what God has called you to be, they're going to try to be some things that will try to hold on to you. They'll try to be some things that will keep attached to you. All you got to do is keep doing what God called you to do and let God deal with those things that are trying to attach you. Lose here. You no longer have authority in their lives. You no longer have permission to be attached to them. Lose here. They're walking in freedom. They're walking in the newness of life. They're walking where I placed them to be. Lose here and let them go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as I bring this message to a close, all we got to do is listen to what God is telling us. The instructions may sound strange. The instructions may sound crazy. But don't worry. God is never going to leave you. God is never going to forsake you. Yes. You may seem like God has forgotten about you. Yes, it may be sometimes when you're going through that you feel like God is not with you. Where God is saying, I'm not leaving you. I just needed things to die. I just needed to get you to the point where things have died in your life. Where there's no possibility of it resurrecting back in your life again. I didn't show up before because if I would have showed up before, those things that I'm trying to get out of your life has a possibility to come back into your life. Mm. But see, when I kill it all and I respond, when I don't respond, sorry, when I don't respond right away, those things in your life has to die. See, those things in your life has to be dead. In order for me now to come and resurrect you back to life, resurrect you to who I called you to be in the original plan, who I wanted you to be from the jump street, you now 
and he comes out not bound but loose. Free to do what God called him to do. Free to live the life that God called him to live. See, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy will always try to prevent you from moving forward. The enemy will always try to prevent you from getting what God wants you to have. This is why he attached himself. This is why when God called you for the grave clothes tried to hold on to you. But God called out the grave clothes and said, loose here, let him go. That should have been a message today. Loose here and let me go. Because when God calls you out, the devil has no choice but to let you go. When God calls your name, he has no choice but to back up. He has no choice but to move. All we got to do is move when God is calling us to go forth. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I must die in order for me to live. I must die to myself. I must die to all the things that are preventing me from moving forward in God. It must be killed off. And when it kills off and God calls you forth, don't worry about it trying to attach to you. I've learned this a long time ago. Control what you can control and leave the rest up to God. What does that mean in this situation? That means all I can do is control that God called me forth and I'm going to keep moving. I'm not going to worry about what happened because God is going to speak to that situation. God spoke and said, loose here, let him go. Loose here, let her go. Immediately, the grave clothes fell off. And Lazarus walked out a loose man. Today is the day that God is calling your name. Today is the day that God is saying, I'm calling you forth to who I called you to be. I'm calling you forth to who I want you to be. All you got to do is come out. And I will speak to that situation that is trying to hold on to you. I will speak to that situation that is trying to attach itself to you. And it will fall off. It will come off. It will be dropped off. And we will close the grave to your past. We will close the grave to that part of your life. And you'll be able to go forth loose and ready to serve me. Heavenly Father, we say thank you. Thank you for this opportunity we had to hear from you. Thank you for your word that I must die in order to live. Thank you for killing the stuff in my life, God, that has prevented me from hearing you, that has prevented me from reaching you, that have clogged my ears for so long. Thank you for letting it die off. And thank you for putting me back in the right place with you. Thank you for killing it before it... What a mighty word we just heard. I pray that the words that was spoken will encourage you to dream again. Listen, I need you to share this podcast with your family and friends. I also need to follow me so you'll be notified when a new show launches. I would like to hear from you too. If you are blessed by the word, you can leave me a comment by emailing me at lindsayjones at destinytemple.org. I would also like you to be a blessing to the ministry. You can do so by visiting the church website at www.destinytemple.org. Remember, 
to live every moment with purpose. Until next week, be blessed.